Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. 17 years old, I found out I'm an illegal alien. So I didn't know that I was an elite, I was illegal in this country. Y'all know this platform is all about celebrating la cultura and showing up as your authentic self. And that's why I'm extra excited that today's episode is brought to you by Chispa. This is an app that you can download on your phone right now if you're looking for love, trying to meet new people, or to find the next novio or novia you're bringing to the family party. So check this out. Chispa is the number one dating app para Latinos. This is a place where you can connect with someone like you, someone who loves nuestra cultura, someone who can be your authentic self with, and someone who can be abuelita approved. Y'all know I'm currently in a relationship with someone who's proud of his Puerto Rican roots. And let me tell you, it's so nice to be with somebody who loves the music, the food, the culture, just as much as I do. But most importantly, I love that there are certain things I don't have to explain. O sea, I can be hella Latina and he just hella loves it. So if you're single, go on Chispa, find your Boricua Bay, your Honduran Bay, tu Colombiano, tu Cubanito. And the next time your tia starts asking, y el novio, or they want to set you up on a blind date con el vecino, just download Chispa to meet your next papacito or mamacita to introduce them to. Uno nunca sabe, something amazing can come out of it. Check out Chispa, tell your single friends too, it's free. Time to meet your media naranja. What's good, familia? It's Odalis Jasmine, and you're tuning into Hello Latino. You know, after every podcast, I feel this sense of wow and the sense of awe from each guest and their ability to be so real. After this episode with Linda Felix, it was a wow at a whole different level. And pretty sure after this conversation, I had to like sit on my couch and just process this beautiful, vulnerable story. I won't give all the sasson away, but just know Linda Felix is a woman that everybody needs to hear from. So I'm hoping that y'all enjoy this episode and just huge shout out to Linda for seeing me at this Intuit ERG event that I hosted and for reaching out to be on this platform. I am forever grateful to share the space with her. Enjoy y'all. Um, so let's start with introductions. So it's good to know Linda Felix. Let's start with the first question. How do you identify and why? Um, I will say that if you ask me how I identify myself, Mexican, that's usually what I go for. Um, but mm -hmm. Latina, I'm, I'm definitely a hundred percent Latina. My roots are very, very deep into my la Latinidad. So that, that would be my mm. answer. <laughs> okay. Well, let's unpack that because you said you would mm -hmm. go Mexican, but Latina, What's, yeah. what's the difference to you from like identifying as Mexicana versus identifying as Latina? Creo que es, es difícil, no? Like uh, you grow up in this country and you grow up confused. And I think I shared that a little bit with you of like, oh, you're Mexican. Mm -hmm. No, you're Latina. And I, I would say that I was Mexican, but then other people would be like, well, you're Latina that in in here in the U.S., you're you're considered a Latina. So I think I just got used to it and I still struggle with it. I'm not going to lie. Right. Um, I you still you still struggle with. OK, I am Mexican. I have Puerto Rican in my blood as well. I identify as Mexican, but I'm a Latina. So mm. it's the duality of it all, I think. Mm, girl, I, I felt all that struggle that you were just trying to explain. You're like, how do I, yeah. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> how do I get this across? It's hard to explain. It's hard, but I feel you. I think one of the things that I've started exploring recently is this idea of like 
pan Latinidad. Like I, I was talking to someone on my podcast, Eliana Murillo, and one of the things that she said was, she's Mexican, full blood, full Mexican, but she's like. I cook platano because I love cooking platano. I've learned how to make maduros. I was around Puerto Ricans and Dominicans and was around all these different Caribbean cultures. So she picked up a lot of Caribbean, just like food and love for music. And then she started learning more about other countries. And she's like, what's interesting about growing up in the U.S. is you have this pan Latino experience of you learning from different cultures. And maybe that's what Latino is, right? It's It's almost... In, in the U.S. specifically, it's almost kind of like taking parts and pieces of this greater mosaic of Latinidad, which is so hard to explain. It's so complex, but I totally feel you. Like, for example, this is a perfect example. My dad, when he was immigrating from Honduras to the U.S., he stopped in Mexico. And in Mexico, obviously, the part that he was in, they love spice, like spicy de todo. And my dad, Hondurans, don't be eating spicy. We're not a spicy like group of people. But like he he started learning how to eat spicy. And in my family, me and him, he taught me how to eat all spicy stuff. Him and I love Mexican food and love just having chiles and salsa con todo. Whereas the rest of my family's like están locos. Like, what are you guys eating? Like, I would never. <laughs> So it's interesting. So I impact that with myself all the time, but it's because, I don't know, it's something about being in the U.S. around these different cultures. I, I totally understand your struggle of like Latina, Mexicana. It's it's both. Es como que soy, ¿no? O sea, it's both. At the end of the day, es, son las dos mm -hmm. cosas. O sea, la realidad es, um, I, I, I was born in Mexico, actually, right? And, oh. and grew up there in trouble was about maybe six, seven and I was brought to the U.S., wow. so I think that's why I identify as soy mexicana y orgullosa, you know? Um, <laughs> but then it's like, pero también eres Latina. Y, y eso, that brings a lot to the table, which I love. Like, you get to learn all these different cultures. Um, I love my Puerto Rican culture. I love my maduros and my platano. I love that my dad gets, um, he gets hot off of pepper. Black pepper. Like, Black pepper, and he's already like, oh, my goodness, what's going on, right? So I love all of the pieces in me, and I think it just takes a while for you to be able to put it all together, if that makes sense. So mm. it's complex. We'll say it's that. Com and let's, okay, let's talk about your parents, because you mentioned your dad. Um, let's talk about their immigration story, or what your immigration story, right? You were born in Mexico. How... Describe that whole immigration story to us from your your parents to you. Absolutely. Um, so my mom born, we're from Culiacan, Sinaloa. That's where she was born and raised. And she actually received her residency. Cuando hicieron, um, it was the, uh, the act of the agriculture where people would come and work the lands out in California and they would give them like a green card. So um, she, yeah. she did that for a while before I was even born. So once she got pregnant with me, um, she made a decision to stay back in Mexico and she raised me there until I was about six or seven years old until she decided that she wanted her daughter to just have better opportunities. She just wanted something mm. different. Right. Uh, she, dreamed really, really big for me. Uh, so we came to the United States. It was just me and her. And when I, we struggled. O sea, mi mamá trabajaba tres trabajos, three jobs. Um, vivíamos, me acuerdo, en un apartamentito pequeñito. My mom does not speak English, not till this day, because she's like, oh, you can translate for me, right? Tú me, tú me dices yeah. qué dicen. And, My mom too. I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you should probably start learning. And she's like, ay, para eso te tengo a ti, para eso te tuve. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, and it was, it, it was really rough coming to this country at first. And I think looking back at it, the roughest part was I admire my mother. I admire that she left everything she ever knew. We didn't have any family. We didn't have any family in the United States, right? Um, and she brought me as an illegal. 
she didn't even bother getting my residency or anything. And I'll tell you that story when we start talking about my story. Uh, but I was illegally brought into this country. So that was even more of a struggle, especially as I grew up and I started to understand that I was a little bit different, right? My dad, on the other hand, he is uh, he is uh, full-blooded Puerto Rican. However, he was brought he was brought into this country when he was maybe like two years old. Um, so he was always, I, I, I don't think he experienced as much as me and my mother did. Uh, my, my mom and my dad met when I was about, I'm going to say nine or 10 years old. Mm. And that's where the Puerto Rican side started to come in. Right. Me, my, my and everybody. So, yeah, so it was, it was definitely um, a transition coming coming to the U.S. And I think for my mom, it was very hard, but I admire her for that. Um, and I admire those long hours and working so hard. And even if she doesn't speak any English, it's okay, mommy. Yo te traduzco todo. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I got you, mom. <laughs> I love that. And yes, let's talk about your story exactly. because, you know, you're talking about this immigration story. Let's go back to like, Little Linda walking around doing her thing. Talk about that journey of what you remember being in Mexico to coming to the United States. Yeah, at the beginning, it was really hard to adjust. Um, I didn't know the language. Spanish was my first language. Uh, the culture was very different. Like they don't believe in siestas out here. I'm like, what? When's the time to sleep? We're not gonna eat lunch and go to sleep and take a little baby nap, right? Um, so it was at first it was the adjusting. Um, in Mexico, I fit in. I was Mexican. We were all Mexican. We sp we spoke the same language, and then I come into the U.S., Arizona, um, and then I realized that there's a whole other world and mm. a bunch of different cultures. It's not just being Mexican. Now you have all these other different um, races and things of that sort, right? Um, and that's, that's where I realized that the world was bigger. And mm. it took a while to essentially be able to adjust. And also I, I feel like I was living two different lives at school. I spoke English and I wanted to Americanize myself. Right. In mi casa, you couldn't speak English. It wasn't allowed. You could only speak Spanish uh, because my mom was terca that I would not lose my Spanish, that I would not lose my superpower and that I would not lose my roots. And I remember she used to tell me, just because we live in the United States doesn't mean that you get to lose your roots and you will never forget where you come from ever. Mm. Um, so I could only watch TV in Spanish at home. I could only read books in Spanish at home. And hubo un tiempo where I was trying, I was trying out the Spanglish didn't go well with my mom at all. Uh, <laughs> And she's like, ¿qué te pasa? <laughs> o sea, ¿qué te pasa? Si no hablas, o me hablas español o me hablas inglés, pero do not be mixing that stuff up. And I'm like, but that's how we do it here. And she's like, no, not, not going to tolerate that at all, right? Um, so yeah, growing up, it, it, it was just the trying to fit in in my Mexican culture, my Puerto Rican culture, and then my American culture. And... Mm -hmm also trying to fit in in all these different places. And what became, I think, a little bit harder is I, I, I am a lesbian, right? I am part of the LGBT community. And when I came out, I was so young and in a Latino family. So now I'm struggling with identity of my Latinidad and my sexuality. So mm. it was like a double whammy. It was like Girl. two in one. <laughs> and yeah. And it was like, well, first of all, I don't know who I am. Like, let's go. And then 
I'm confused <laughs> about all these different things. Uh, coming out to my parents was was actually one of the hardest things I had ever had to do in my life. Uh, I'm not going to say they took it very well at first because they didn't. It, it was really, really hard on them and our culture. It's like, not only am I Latina, but now I'm a lesbian. And my mom would say, Tú sabes lo difícil que te estás haciendo la vida. Why are you complicating your life that way? She would ask me. Mm. She's like, you're already a woman. You're already Mexican. You're already Latina. And now you want to be a lesbian? Because she didn't understand that back then. So it was, it was definitely a journey of all mm. these different pieces of my identity trying to, it was a puzzle I had to figure out of where do they fit in. Girl. Right. And then 17 years old, I found out I'm an illegal alien. So I didn't know that I was an illegal alien. At 17 years old. In this country. Yep. I had no idea. Girl. <laughs> yeah. I found out when I, um, 17 high school, right? I was a I was a basketball star, played basketball, and I started to apply for becas college. Um, so I started to apply to university and was looking for scholarships, blah, blah, blah. And I go to my mom and I say, Mom, I need my social security because stuff. She says, You don't have one. And I say, What do you mean I don't have one? And she says, Well, wow. Yeah, so the story she tells is that she thought she had time because she brought me in at six when I was six years old, six, seven. So she thought she had time, but then Tom got away for, from her and she just never got it done. Mm-hmm. So then it became a thing of what am I going to do? What are my choices? Wow. So I deported myself back to Mexico. Oh, girl, what? And I left the country. Yep. She Dad. she just y'all didn't see, but she just drank her tea. She's like, so I went back to Mexico. <laughs> Sip. <laughs> I did. Because <laughs> she just knew she spilled some tea. I'm like, oh what? <laughs> oh. Uh this is not tea. It's actually hard alcohol, but in a mug, <laughs> in a coffee mug. So I think yeah, I was just oh, trying girl, to look you keep recording. <laughs> I was just trying to look real cute for the recording. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Some calua or algo en el cafecito. Um, <laughs> no, so, so at 17, right, I'm sitting here more like, what are my options? I can, and, and, and keep in mind, this was before uh, the Dreamers. It was before the Dream Act. Right. So mm-hmm. that didn't exist back then. Um, so I had to make a choice of, do I want an education? Because if I do, I'm going to have to leave the country and go back to Mexico. Or I can stay and leave and live my life scared. Scared that I'm going to get pulled over. Because, of course, back then I couldn't get a license. If I wanted to go to school, of course, no scholarships, nothing of that sort. Um, especially since I had been living in the country illegally without me knowing uh, for so long. Mm-hmm. So... I said, okay, I'm going back to Mexico. And when I tell you it was, it was really hard because I had lived my life here in the United States and identified myself with this country, a country that I love. And I love Mexico too, right? And I love Puerto Rico and I love my culture, but this was my home. And I making the decision of having to leave not because I wanted to, but because I had to. It, w- it was really hard. It definitely took a toll on me. Um, mm. But I was very blessed. Um, I was gone for three years. And because I deported myself willingly, uh, my parents were able to arreglarme papeles, como quien dice. And I was able mm. to come back um, after three years. And Wow. Yep. Lots of stuff to unpack there. I know. Girl, you just blew my mind. <laughs> You're like, where do I take this? Drink some wine. There's, there's so, I have just, I just want to unpack that whole thing. One, I want to unpack 
you coming out to your parents. And and I want to talk about that journey a little bit because that's a really hard thing for Latinos to do in a in a heavy Latino culture, right? You got a Puerto Rican dad and a Mexican mother. There's the Sinaloa, like it, that's hard. But I also want to impact this journey of like identity of you navigating. Okay, let's start there before I ask you a million questions. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's start with you, you know, kind of like thinking to yourself like just navigating identity, you're navigating Latinidad, you're navigating being a Mexicana, an immigrant, you're navigating this whole different country. Now you're navigating sexuality. And you're obviously doing that before you tell your your parents, right? Like talk about that whole journey and just like discovering these different parts of you. Yeah, so when I tell you it's not easy, it's not, right? Um, because you love your culture, you love your traditions. And when you grow up Latino, you grow up with certain traditions and certain rules and certain taboos, right? So it's trying to understand that my Spanish is a gift, that I shouldn't be ashamed of it. Porque no sé si te pasó, pero hubo un tiempo where I was ashamed of it. I wanted to speak perfect English. I didn't want to, mm -hmm. I didn't want an accent. I didn't want to have an accent, which I don't think I have an accent, but people tell me I do, but I don't know. Uh, but People tell me was, I have an accent, and I'm like, ¿de qué? You're like, sure. ¿De, ¿De dónde? <laughs> what, are, what are you talking about? Um, but it was it was the me trying to fit in with the American culture and not fitting in. O sea, no soy ni de aquí ni de allá. Básicamente... Mm. Eso. And then coming home and then being a Latina and then switching my whole vibe, right? Like now I'm talking Spanish. Now it's all this other different, other, other different aspects. And, and then the sexuality piece comes into play of, hey, I'm already different. Now I'm even more different. And I have to go and have that conversation with my very Latino parents. Mm. And unpack all of that. So it, it it was it was dark. Let's say that it was it was a brief moment of very dark days, and it took a lot for me to start to understand that all of those pieces make me who I am, and that I love each one of them for what they are, and that 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 struggle made me stronger and it made me who I am now. Now I appreciate it. Looking back at it, I'm like, what in the world happened? Uh, but, <laughs> and I hope that answered your question of the journey was definitely from start to finish. It, it was rough and it, it was rough for a very long time until my early, my early 20s where I started to own everything that I was. And truly own it and love it. I didn't even, my name is Linda Guadalupe. I didn't even like people calling me Guadalupe because it was too Mexican. It's too Latino. Mm. Linda was more Americanized. Guadalupe, no. That just, it was too much. So then mm. you start hating these little pieces of yourself. And then now you can call me Guadalupe, Lupita, Lupe, doesn't matter. Um, lo que quieras. But <laughs> Lupita. And it was, it was a struggle. <laughs> Lupita. <laughs> so it was a lot of, y, y yo creo que te lo dije cuando lo platicamos la última vez, de I had to break a lot of chains, rompiendo cadenas. No nomás en quien yo soy, en who I am, pero también en who I could become, right? In mm -hmm. my family, there had never been a gay person ever so it was a sad first gen lesbian <laughs> first gen lesbian first am i even considered first Girl. gen latina not really because i was born in mac well technically my kids would be first gen i think right yeah something like that you know better something than like that i mean okay. I, i've heard like half generation one half generation I mean, lo escuchado todo, like, whether you immigrated five. here. Point five. <laughs> you can do that, too. Call me point five. Um, yes. Point five percent. First gen. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. No, and I, you know, it's like, 
you you paint it so beautifully. Like it's sometimes is a struggle, right? To to almost like own these different parts of you and. I feel like you are first gen in the sense that you are the first like to kind of take advantage of some of the opportunities that you have here, right? Something that your parents couldn't do. Um, the fact that you would go, and this is so funny, I'm thinking of the word chameleon because someone on my podcast also said Latinos are like chameleons, like what you're talking about, going to school, speaking English, not wanting to have an accent, not wanting to speak Spanish, and not wanting to be Guadalupe, right? To going at home and you're Lupita, Lupe, you are hella Mexican, you are a little bit Puerto Rican, like you are all of these things coexisting. And then outside of those spaces, you're also like, pero like, I'm also lesbian. How do I navigate this? Like you're navigating almost three different worlds at that time, right? You're just like, Mm. what the hell? (laughs) It's, It's like three different identities and three different worlds. And I want you to think about it like this. It's each one of them has its own elements and its own battles mm-hmm. you, got, you have to fight. Right. I was mm-hmm. never too American. I was never Mexican enough. And I was never going to fit in in my family because I was a lesbian. So that's when mm-hmm. I had to make a decision of I have to figure out how to bring my three worlds and make them me and love them for what they are. And we're chameleons, Mm. to your point. We adapt. This episode of Hello Latino is brought to you by McDonald's. Buy one, get one for one dollar deal. Y para los que solamente hablan español, para que sepan, este episodio está presentado por la oferta Compra Uno, Llévate Otro por Un Dólar. It's always weird to me when the person you're eating with orders the exact same thing as you at McDonald's. O sea... If I'm getting a Big Mac, don't get a Big Mac. Diversify, se creativo, be creative, and throw some respect on your order. Stop by McDonald's today and enjoy two favoritas for only $6. Y'all can also order a quarter pounder, 10-piece McNuggets, or a Big Mac. Y recordate que tenes que dibujar tu propio camino. Don't be ordering the same thing as your homie. Visit a McDonald's today y disfruta. Oh, we we do we do adapt, yes. and I want to I want to unpack that journey of when you started because I think it's a very powerful journey when you start to own your identity, right? Own your power, right. own these different parts of you, and like you're saying, it's not easy. But for everyone listening on the call, like, how did you? I said call recording. I mean, <laughs> how did you? How did you start to embrace these identities, and how did you start to bring these three worlds together? I just couldn't keep them apart anymore. Because Mm -hmm. it was denying a piece of me. When I was too American, I was denying my Latinidad and I was denying the other pieces that I was, right? So it came to a point in a moment where I said, I had to look at myself in the mirror and say, you have to own who you are and you have to walk this journey. This journey is not, it's not a destination. The journey never Mm -hmm. stops. I still struggle sometimes of who am I? Who who am I today? Right? Am I Guadalupe? Mm -hmm. Am I Lupita? Am I Linda? And and I still have to live this different worlds. Right? I'm one person when I'm at work. I'm something different when I'm at home. Um, En mi casa todavía se habla puro español. No se permite hablar inglés este día. (laughs) Uh, which is crazy, <laughs> but, but it's the journey of you have to reconcile with yourself. Mm. You have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, Hey, you can either own all of it and you can either embrace it or are you going to live your, your life just being lost? Mm, so I girl. really started. Yeah. Like the, do you know that feeling when you just have to come mm-hmm. to terms with it? There's also there's say, almost like a, a sense of liberation there, right? It's just like, oh, yeah. this liberation, this freedom, it's, it's, it's like a libre. weight lifted off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. 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 Te sientes libre, dices, ¿sabes qué? This hello world, this is who I am. And I'm going to own it. I'm going to own it fully. 
And if someone doesn't accept it, I am so sorry, but I am here to stay because it's taken me a long time to love myself and put my three worlds together um, to the point where you finally say, I am powerful. I can accomplish absolutely anything that I set my mind to. And it doesn't change who I am. I am still a daughter. I am still an aunt. I am still a good coworker. I'm still a good friend. And I think that's powerful when you come mm. into your own. Oh, girl, you just gave me chills. <sighs> that's so powerful. So, it's powerful. Yeah, and but- I... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, it is powerful. And I think everyone should have the opportunity to feel that feeling and say, Ya llegué. Ya llegué. <laughs> Aquí estoy. Aquí estamos. Aquí estoy. <laughs> yes. I, oh, I love that you talked about this journey because I think it's something... And in a minute, we're going to unpack like you going to Mexico and coming back and how into it found you or how you found into it. Mm-hmm. But I love that you're describing this journey in owning identity and that you're even really like real about, you know, the journey is is never ending, right? You're still going through that. You're a different person at work than you are here, than you are there. And like I said, I mean, it, those things are still, you're authentic, but in a filtered way, a chameleon still but like your 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 full self, and I think it's like such an interesting dynamic that I think it's it's so hard for me to explain. But being able to own your power, own your identity, own all these different parts of you, labels, look at sea, and going into every space. I mean, it's it's a gift, right? But you have to practice it every day, right? Showing up as your full self. I feel like that's that's the case for me. I'm like someone the other day asked me how do you go into every space like unapologetically Latina? And I'm like, I didn't even know I did that. I was just like practicing every single day how to be me. And I guess that means unapologetically Latina. I'm like, it is what it is. But I'm just practicing how to show up as my full self, even when it's a little uncomfortable. But I'm still, to your point, a filtered version of myself. I'm obviously not going to be the same exact person with my friends and my family, with my coworkers. Cominovio, I mean, it's it's different all the time. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Am I explaining this correctly? <laughs> Absolutamente. Yes. No, te entiendo because you're a different person with in every in every environment that you are in, you are a different person. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why I, I think I identify when you said the word chameleon, porque si es cierto, we are different yeah. people. We are a different person to different people. Yeah. And it's it's a journey that we all must embark and almost accept in a way. Mm. And mm-hmm. you accept it and you say, hey, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay for us to be our full selves. It's okay oh, yes. that if I'm a little too loud at work, se me sale lo mexicana, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm just like, lo mandona. It's okay. And that's fine because now you own it. And I love that you said you're, you are in places unapologetically Latina. And that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's powerful in itself. Because you know what? It gets, we it, it almost gets exhausting to like filter yourself too much. Like when you're, when you're filtering yourself to the point where like you can't, you can't be your authentic self. I think that's where. I, I just can't do that anymore. I think I did that for a long time. And I'm like, man, I'm tired. Like, y- y'all are going to see me in my full self, in my full colors, in my full Latinidad. <laughs> like, y'all are going to see me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm good. tired of filtering myself. Exactly. I'm going to drop some Spanish here and there. I think I told my coworker the other day, like, oh, tell me the cheese man. She was like, what's cheese man? I'm like, oh, that means gossip. You're going to have to learn with me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, get with it. Come I on. love it. I do. Does it, does it ever happen to you that you're like um, in the middle of a meeting and you forget the word in English? So you say oh, it in Spanish and you're like, um, um, and Siempre. you're trying to think what the word is. Siempre. Siempre me pasa. Like, there's, oh. <laughs> I think the other day I was like, uh, 
Durazno. I was like, quiero Durazno. I'm like, how do you, how do you say that in, <laughs> in English? I was like, it's like the little booty emoji. <laughs> <laughs> That was my only reference Wait, for it. Wait, what? It's it, uh, a peach? No, there's... Oh, it's a peach! Yes, it's a that's peach. right. See? Yeah, sí, but I was like, the little va, booty emoji. Va, I know. El otro día dije... Se me va el coco, that's what I say. El otro día no podía encontrar la palabra de pepino. Y yo, pepino, es un pepino. I'm like... I don't know. They put them on burgers and salads like pepino. <laughs> it's green, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, cucumber. Yes. I want a cucumber. I think, same thing. We're gonna, this is so funny right here because this happened, I think, like last week. I was telling my man, so I was like, necesito algodón, like algodón. And he was like, what? I'm like, algodón. <laughs> and I was like, how do you say this in English? <laughs> And I was like, oh, cotton balls. Like, that's what it is. Yep. Uh, me pasa todo el tiempo. Sí, pasa, like, eh? seriously. A mí también. Todo el tiempo. Pero yo creo que Pero también ya en, es parte en español de quién también. somos. Right. Yeah. Pero también en español se me olvida. Like, I'm, I'm trying to say something in English and I was like, how do you say that in Spanish? Like, I think I read somewhere, there's this tweet that was like, when you speak two languages and you're bilingual, like B-Y-E, like bilingual because you're losing both. I'm like, mm -hmm, that's me. <laughs> I'm like, I'd be messing up in both languages. <laughs> yeah, both languages are a complete mess. I forget words um, that I'm trying to translate in Spanish all the time. So I think of it in English and I said it in English and my mom tries to correct me, right? Because she understands. So she'll tell me the yeah. word, and I'm like, ay, pero me entendiste, me entendiste. That's all that matters. Pero sí es cierto, pasan los dos lenguajes, especially when we're we're constantly changing the way. I'm gonna say this. It's it's almost like think about it. It's a superpower. Like we can be talking English, mm -hmm. y en cualquier momento lo podemos cambiar a español, y puedes tener mm -hmm. toda una conversación español con alguien. Y luego te regresas right back to English. It's a superpower. It's crazy. And it I, I really, really appreciate it. Yep. Before we get to the next question, uh, highlighting this like superpower that we have, I feel like I totally resonate with you. Like you get to a point in your life where you're like, I don't want to speak Spanish all the time. Like I want to speak better English because... But girl, I mean, it's so funny. I laugh at myself then and I'm like, I still be forgetting phrases. I don't know a lot of American slang here and there. Not slang, um, like phrases. Like someone the other day was like, man, I can't even think about it. But it happens in corporate all the time where they have these like analogies and whatnot. And I'm like, I don't understand that. <laughs> or I say things wrong all the time. But anyway... I I had a moment today. I, I just came from the office at LinkedIn and I had I made homies with uh one of the the girls que, que, que sirve la comida, the one that serves the food. Um shout out to Jackie. Um but I always talk to her and I hey, love Jackie. The first Jackie. She be she be out here at LinkedIn, but um what I love <laughs> about her is that every time, like the very first time I met her she was like talking to me in English and I can tell that she was like not comfortable with the language. And I was like, hablo español, so no te preocupes. And she was just like, oh my God. And so we both just started being homies. I go there every time for lunch and I'm like, hola Jackie, how are you? And we have our little moment of chisme. And today I had a moment, I was talking to her um, and she was just like, you know, she's like, I love your energy. She's like, every time you come and get lunch, she's like, you just brighten up my day. Cause you're always like, like we've been amigas for hella long. Like that's how you treat me. And I'm like, cause we are like, we're homies now. Um, but I think it's just like, it just feels so good for me to be able to understand so many people. Like think about it, right? Like think of how big Latin America is and how many Latinos are in the U S like we really can understand lots of people like it's powerful and it's such a gift now that and, and I thank my parents all the time and I'm think I'm thanking your mom for you for always keeping the language alive in the home like always making sure que, 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 you know we were speaking Spanish at home always made sure that we like never lost sight of our roots like I thank them so much because they preserve that part of the culture for me that I feel 
makes me a better human being now, right? Absolutely. Ah, shout out. I just wanted to highlight that it is a superpower. Shout out. Y sabes que I can relate to that porque um, in Intuit and in las oficinas, todos los que trabajan, everybody that works like uh, the janitorial service as well as uh, our cafeteria people, they're all Hispanic. So I love being able to be in there like, buenos días, ¿cómo estamos? Me tienen mi cafecito, los huevitos, right? Oh, so, yeah, like I'm like, I'm with my people. I am with my people. After meetings, after Eso. a very long day of filtering myself, I can go and be myself for a second. And Girl. I, I love it. And I'm also like super good for it. Well, we're remote right now, but when we were in the office, um, I'm super homies with like the janitorial services, which actually really helps out. Like if you run out of toilet paper or whatever, you're like, yo, I'm in <laughs> stall three. Can you bring some toilet paper real quick? Me trae I'm some papel de rollo. So yes, I, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I understand uh, what you're saying. I love like, it. We're just I allowed just allowed that and I you know what like I'm gonna say one more story because I, I still have that question for you in my head but when speaking of janitorial I was in the office one one day this is like a couple months ago and I ran into this lady and then I go up to her and I'm like Hola, ¿cómo está? Like, just because she just looked like she was working. I was like, this girl needs some water. I'm like, ¿necesitas agua? Like, ¿qué necesitas? And she was like, ah, no, 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 no te preocupes. Like, and then she started talking to me like, mira que hablas español bien. Y le digo, pues sí. And then we started talking. Y me dice, soy de Guatemala. I just moved here a week ago. Y aquí tengo el trabajo con mi hijo. <gasps> and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and then we started talking about Guatemala because that's where she's from. And then I kept telling her like, I went to Guatemala and I love the tamales de chipilín. Son mi favoritos. And she was like, the traigo? And I'm like, no. As, if I buy it, I'll get it from you. But, you know, like, I'll be giving it me for free. Um, but it was so sweet. And I feel like that was probably my first couple times being in the office. And it just encouraged me, like, our people need that love, right? Because they're out here working, grinding. And, you know, there's sometimes a little bit of guilt on my end, like, man, they're over here cleaning and cooking and serving. And I'm over here just like sitting on my laptop and me están sirviendo. But then I also think like me talking to her, what my hope is that she can go back to her family and tell them like, mira que, que conocí una muchacha que habla español y está trabajando en LinkedIn, right? Like I just want whoever is listening to that story, whether it's a little girl that's five years old, whether it's someone who's in high school, Que, que cree que they have to filter themselves at work or they can't speak Spanish in these spaces, what I hope is that she can go back to her family or lo que sea y que ellos, los que están escuchando esa historia, like they can be like, oh damn, I can go into any space and still be my full self, right? I can still speak my Spanish and I can still treat everyone like their family. I can still be me. So that's always my hope, even though there I is know, that no, guilt no. there. Me encanta eso. No, no, no. Pero you said something like there's guilt, right? Um, porque sí, I love the fact that they can go into this, these spaces and they can be their full selves. And I, and I love that we get to communicate with them and learn from them, right? But I also, I also hope they go back to their families and say, Mira, hay una muchacha en el trabajo que es exitosa. You can be that. You can get yeah. there. Like, Eso. the dreams are powerful. De que también es setting that example for the young yeah. girls and young boys that if they want it, they can get there. Mm. And there's people like us in these spaces. Mujeres. Can I curse in this show? Um, yes, girl, go for I it. Did it already. Que hay mujeres chingonas que pueden llegar a estas posiciones con dedicación y trabajo. People like us. And I love that they can see our faces and see, see an example. Mm -hmm. And I think yes, that's, they can. that's beautiful. Yes. And yes, speaking of mujeres que pueden, mujerones, let's talk about you going back to Mexico, girl. 
you going back to Mexico for three years, Girl. coming back. What is that journey from you leaving, choosing to deport yourself to Mexico and then to into it? I want to, I want to hear a little bit about that journey. Absolutely. Um, so I made the decision to deport myself before I turned 18. So knowing that there was a 90% possibility that I wasn't going to be able to come back to my friends, to my home, yeah. the home that I had been living in, you know, um, since I was 10, uh, I had to, I left with one, con una maleta, una maleta nomás. Um, mm. And my dad's, my, my parents, I'm sorry, my mom and my dad had to stay back because this is their home. This is where their job was. This is what they had built for. It was, I remember they walked me to the bus, the Tufesa, we call it Tufesa uh, bus. <laughs> and they said bye to me and they put me on that bus. And when I woke up, I was in Obregón, Sonora where I had gotten a basketball scholarship for a very renowned university out there in Mexico called um, ULSA or Universidad La Salle Noroeste um, that gave me a great three years of education. Let me just say shout out to them. Um, so shout yes, out. I <laughs> shout out. Uh, I left there, but at first it was culture shock because it was so different. Now everyone mm -hmm. spoke Spanish. Uh, now we get siestas again. <laughs> now I can take naps <laughs> again. But it, it, it was just, I'm going to tell you a story. So uh, in Obregón, ellos, they have something called La Hora de la Comida. So from about 1 o'clock in the, in the afternoon to about 3, all businesses shut down because they all go to their families to go have a meal. Everybody's decomposing. They have their naps, la siesta, all that good stuff. So I remember mm. I got off of, I got off of uh, class and I was like, oh, I got to go get my license. It was maybe like 1.30 in the afternoon. So I go to the place and it's closed, right? It says we won't <laughs> be back until four. And I'm like, what in the, who closest? Like the DMV. Right at four o'clock, like that's just bananas. Me. So I'm like, cool, I'm gonna go do the abarrote because I need to go buy some groceries. It was closed, and I'm like, I look around and everything's shut down, everything's shut down. And I'm like, okay, what is happening? Am I in the apocalypse? But then my friends just <laughs> basically educated me and said, no, Linda, everything's fine. Um, it's just the fact that you know. Um, we have la hora de la comida y la hora de la siesta here. So it was, it was mm -hmm. an adjustment of getting used to it. Um, the first few months was hard for me because I was very depressed. Uh, I didn't have any friends. I didn't know anyone. Uh, my Spanish was good, but I couldn't relate to them because mm -hmm. they had grown up there. And they would call me Nuestra Amiga La Gringuita. So at first I didn't, I didn't really fit in. It was, it was really hard. And at that time, my parents started the process to get my papers in order. So get my immigration status in order. Mis papelitos. And <laughs> there was very little hope. So mm -hmm. I had to... I had to get into my head and say, okay, Linda, este es tu vida. Vas a vivir en México. Tienes que hacer una carrera here. Um, olvídate de Estados Unidos. Olvídate de tus amigos. Olvídate del pasado. Um, esta es tu vida ahora. So tienes que empezar a hacer amigos. Because back then I used to like call my friends back in the U.S., right? And I was, how are things over there? And three years went by. Y cuando te digo que yo me enamoré de México, me enamoré, lo amo. Um, I was never allowed to go to Mexico before. I just thought because it was not allowed, I just didn't know that it was because I was illegal when I was younger. But mm -hmm. once I got to experience it, I realized, like, qué bonita mi cultura. La comida, la gente. 
oh my God, when I tell you, sales tú para afuera como a las, vamos a decir, cinco de la tarde, ¿no? Y uh -huh. todo mundo está, ves a las viejitas allá afuera jugando lotería y los niños jugando en la calle y hay risas y música. It was beautiful. Um, pero ya después de tres años, um, I was granted my, my official status. So I was allowed to come back into the U.S. And when I came back, Odalis, cuando te digo that I felt so out of place, it's so crazy because mm -hmm. I grew up here. I went to Mexico for three years. I came to an understanding that was my life. That was going to be my life. And then I get to come back and now I feel out of place. Mm -hmm. My friends have grown up. Every, everything has changed. La tiendita that I used to love next to my high school is no longer there. The restaurants that I used to love out here, they're no longer there. So it was an adjustment on both parts. So when I left to Mexico, I was depressed. When I came back, I was depressed too. <laughs> it it felt like I was starting over. Of, okay, I'm back. But who am I now? Because for the past three years, I thought that was my life. And now I get mm -hmm. to come back and I, got, I have to start from scratch. So went back to university, got my education. Um, and then said, okay, I'm back. I'm back in the U.S. I'm legal, which was completely crazy. By the way, mm. getting your license, social security, all that stuff. Wow. I wish I did not have to go through that because it was a lot. I'm just saying shout out to the people <laughs> that have to go through that. Mm. We should make it easier. No? Okay. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes, we should. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we should definitely make it easier. Um, so I come back in my education, try to adjust back, which took me a very long time to adjust back to life in the U.S. I, I remember going outside my parents' house and no había viejitas jugando lutería, no había niños jugando mm. en la calle, no estaba la música, no estaban las risas, no estaba el cafecito con cigarro a un lado, no estaba nada de eso. So I, I had to kind of, again, once again, readjust myself. And then I found into it And when I tell you I have never, ever loved a job, a career more than I love into it, I do. And you've been there. You've been around the people. Um, they are just amazing and embracing. And mm -hmm. into it took a chance on me. They gave me an opportunity. And ever since then, I've, I've came into the space, which... By the way, um, when I came into, I work for, I'm a senior product specialist for Intuit, right? All things QuickBooks. Uh, so if you're a small business owner and you need some help, let me know. Um, I will <laughs> contact you with the right people. Uh, but with that being said, I came into this space and I realized that we didn't have any Spanish speaking agents. So when someone mm. calls in looking for, to talk to someone in Espanol, we had to use a translator or a language line. And I said, wait, hold up. I speak Spanish. Why don't you just <laughs> transfer them to me and I'll take care of them. Y cuando te digo that it was something beautiful because I got to communicate with those Spanish business owners, um, mm -hmm. Spanish speaking business owners that used to have to call and either have their son call in or their daughter call in because they couldn't communicate with us. So now they had someone they could call and communicate with in their own language. And they allowed me to do that. It's beautiful. They empowered me to do that. They said, yes, go do that. Go, go tap into the Hispanic community and talk to them in their language and help them. And I think that's why we're customer obsessed, which is one of our values that I value the mm -hmm. most. They allow us to take care of our customers in whatever capacity we need to. But that's, that was my journey. Um, that's how I landed with Intuit. And now we're here. 
Four years and later. And now we're here. And now we're here. <laughs> ya llegamos. And I think they're all just used to my my Latinidad. They're like, yeah, Linda yes, is loud. Girl. And she <laughs> is very loud. She talks very fast. She'll throw some Spanish words here and there. Um, <laughs> but they embrace it. They embrace that diversity and they encourage it. Mm. And I think oh, that's we love, why. We love a company love that embraces all that we are. Shout out. Yep. Go into it. <laughs> go into it. Yep. I want to go into our our cafecito and cheese and segment, which we already talked about because you talked about into it. Right. But I want I want to talk a little bit about what you do and how you've started to tap into the Latino community and how uh let's let's do a plug. Like how do how does QuickBooks help Latino business owners? Because we're we're here to empower la comunidad, right? So how does QuickBooks yep, absolutely help nuestra comunidad? Yes. Uh, so QuickBooks is uh, accounting software, right? So it's small business accounting software that actually helps our small business owners providing an ecosystem. What I mean by an, ecos- uh, an ecosystem is it makes, it, it allows them to run their business a lot more effectively in the way that mm-hmm. uh, they are able to do their accounting as well as their payroll uh, merchant services, uh, all of their bookkeeping and accounting needs in one platform where they don't have to worry about anything and it can even all get done for them, right? Um, so it makes it easy. And yes, you can put it in Espanol. So if you don't talk English, that's fine. You can change the language settings y lo pueden tener en Espanol, pero it gives them peace of mind knowing that when you run a small business owner, and I always say this, the baker didn't get into baking because they wanted to do accounting. They got into it because they love to bake. They want to mm-hmm. sell those cupcakes, right? Um, and Intuit and QuickBooks is that company that supports that. They want you to go bake your cupcakes and bake your cakes while we take care of all that paperwork. No one wants to deal with the accounting, the payroll, the merchant services, and how is all of this going to work? So it truly gives them the ability and the freedom to go pursue their their dreams and make them entrepreneurs. Whatever it is, I I once I once said this story of we support that landscaper that had a dream and a truck and some tools. And drove around looking for grass to mow. And they go around looking for for work. That's who we work for. We work for those Mm -hmm. small business owners and those entrepreneurs. that are out there hustling every single day. Especialmente mis Latinos, my construction workers, my landscapers, right? Um, Que trabajan muy, 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 muy duro. um, To allow them to pursue those dreams and Get the American dream, what a lot of Latinos call the American dream. We make it easy for them and we make sure they're compliant in every way and we can alleviate as much as we can off their plate so they can focus in growing their business. So that's what QuickBooks does for small businesses. And I'm super passionate about it. And this uh, uh, episode was sponsored by QuickBooks. I'm gonna send it to I'm gonna send it to the QuickBooks director and be like, listen, uh, mm, someone's oh, gonna get paid. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, I'm about to use QuickBooks after I get that sponsorship. I before we get to our closing, which I just want to yeah. talk to you for days, girl, but I, I, first of all, I am so, you just gave me all the energy I need today selfishly, but for everyone listening and tuning in, I am so, I'm so honored just to have you in this hella Latina space because you're adding this whole different layer to this podcast. And I, I say that with every person, but you specifically was that you just add this 
energy and i just want to give you you know todos flores ahora like you you brought so much to this podcast and for everyone listening that wants to connect with you what's what's the best way for them to connect with linda and just get to know the dopest mujeron that's out there yeah absolutely uh so for anyone listening you can always uh search me on on linkedin right which is linda felix i know um instagram as well i you're more than welcome, um, which is Sani Gili, S-A-N-I-G-L-Y. And for those of you that just say, hey, I have a small business. Y sabes que, Linda, necesito ayuda y necesito mejorar. You can always email me at linda underscore Felix at intuit.com. Y con muchísimo gusto los atendemos. Oh, you're amazing. I just got to tell you, you're so dope. And I want to close this beautiful conversation con un brindis. And you ready for a brindis, girl? You got your, your heart alcohol. Aquí tengo mi, I know. Mi I am so sad. My um, I don't know what happened to the internet, so the camera stopped working. Pero yo también tengo mi coffee mug con undisclosed <laughs> uh, substances inside. <laughs> Bye. So I'm so happy that you were here. Let's do our closing. And what I like to do here is basically give you the space to say what you want to cheers to and manifest some good for our Latino community. So, Miss Linda Lupe Felix, what do you want to cheers to and what do you want to manifest for nuestra comunidad latina? I want to. Quiero hacer un brindis por nosotros por los latinos que estamos aquí luchando y que queremos mejores oportunidades because we're strong and we're resilient and we can accomplish anything we set our minds to. We are here to stay. We are powerful and together and united. We can change the world. I truly believe that. We can build a better future for our children, a better future for our grandkids, and we can continue to make sure we don't lose our superpowers. And I want to say, be you. It's going to sometimes take some time and it's going to be a journey, but be you. Love you. Love your skin color. Si eres morenita, pues eres morenita y hermosa y preciosa y chula. Si eres blanquita, igualmente. But, amate y quiérete y acéptate. And know that there's no limits. We always say sky's the limit. That's a lie. There's absolutely no limits. Podemos hacerlo todos juntos y unidos. Y hay que apoyarnos y querernos and help each other through this journey. So, salud. Oh, girl, mic drop, salud. <laughs> Whatever's mic in drop, your mug, boom. I don't want that. Whatever's in your mug, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so poetic. <laughs> Thank you so much, girl, for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for what you do. I just want to, yo te voy a dar tus flores ahora a ti. Um, I love your podcast. Me encanta escuchar. And just see Latinos win. I, me fascina ver cómo estamos that ganando. Yeah. I love to see how we're winning. And thank you so much for what you do and bringing all these voices together and giving it to the world for the world to know who we are and what we can accomplish and that all their dreams can become true at any time. Oh. And I just... You're amazing. You're you're absolutely amazing. Stop, stop. And I know <laughs> que tantas flores, ¿verdad? No, tantas florecitas. Oh my Muchas God. Florecitas, pero de todo. <laughs> see, but if no one told you today, I just want to say thank you for being you and thank you for what you do for our community. It was Gracias, needed. Amiga. It's important what you do. And this is how you're changing the world a little, a little piece at a time. Pasita, pasito. So thank you. Gracias, amiga. Oh, de nada. Abrazos, hugs, hugs, hugs. Muchos abrazos. <laughs> 
Y'all, didn't I tell you? Ojalá que se sientan inspirados y que sientan un deseo de contar sus historias, experiencias y sus cuentitos también. Before I let y'all go, I have to tell you about a few new products that I have. Currently, I'm having a sale on my cafecito and cheese notebooks. So if y'all go to olalisjasmine.com, y'all can claim yours. On my website, you'll also see jewelry made and created by my mama, a woman who's had so many big dreams, but society, life has kept her so small. But at 63, life ain't stopping her no more. She is stepping into more of her creativity. And all I'm doing is elevating all the amazing things that she's doing. So buy it, support it, support mommy and tell all your friends. See y'all next week for more Cafecito and Chisme. For all Hello Latino updates, follow Hello Latino Podcast. And you can also follow me on my personal IG at ojasmine4as. And find me on LinkedIn. Con mucho amor, tu amiga Andureña.